I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And we'll stand for the reading of the word. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coal, colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set, the, set him on them. And a great multitude spread their garments on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them in on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of, from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of uh, God and drove out all the those who brought and bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves and he said to them it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and children cry, crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you not read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfect praise? Then he left and went out of the city to Bethany. And he lodged there. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, God, for your anointing upon the word. We pray, God, that our hearts, our minds might be open to the word this morning. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon each of us. We pray, God, that as we look into this message, that it would uh, uplift us, that it would... Uh, uh, give us food for our souls, that each one that has come in here this morning would leave saying it was good that we came to the house of the Lord. Father, we ask that you anoint this pastor now, preach this word, and each one in the pew to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The triumphant entry of our Lord into Jerusalem is celebrated 
every year at this time on Palm Sunday. And this is the beginning of Holy Week. And around the world, eyes and hearts of the devoted are going to be looking at those events that took place during this week, uh, or the last week of his earthly life. His royal entry into Jerusalem was the beginning of the week. Next Sunday, which marks the end of the week and the beginning of a new week, we celebrate the the real triumph, the triumph over the grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a grand conclusion that will be. What a grand conclusion that was. Amen. So let's start by looking at his entry. Christ entered the city to offer himself as king. And they said, who is this? And some of them said, well, he's a prophet from Nazareth. But I want to tell you that he was more than a prophet. He was the Son of God. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And he comes giving himself to us as King. Back in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, we have the, the fact recorded for us here that he was born to be a king. He was given the reverence due a king in verse 11 of chapter 2. He was feared by the rival King Herod in uh, verse 16 of chapter 2. He had been offered the kingdom by the usurper, the serpent, that old devil, the one who claimed to have the authority to do with the kingdoms as he wanted. You know, there's no authority but that which is given by God Almighty. We, we can have no authority at all except what, what's given to us. Neither can the devil. And so we find that in chapter 4, verses uh, 8 through 10, he took him up to a high mountain, and he, in an instant of time he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth, and, and he said, uh, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you. Well, he is the king, but he wasn't going to take it that way. He was going to take it the way his father was going to give it to him. His disciples tried to get him to assert his royal power. If you want to look over at John chapter 6 and verse 15. Chapter 6, verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him, 
and by force. To make him king, he departed again to a mountain by himself alone. All through his ministry, they would try to get him to assert his lordship, his his kingship, the fact that he was the son of David, that he should take his rightful uh, place on the throne. But he would ignore them. But now the time has come, and by his royal entry, the Lord is manifesting the fact that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's come to claim the throne. And as the divine king, the first thing he does is he comes in and he cleanses the temple. He said, my father's house should be called a house of prayer. And you've made it a den of thieves. He turned over the table of the money changers. And he drove the animals out of the, out of the temple. And one thing that will always happen, when Jesus Christ is put in his rightful place as king, the first thing he'll do is he'll come in and he'll cleanse his temple. Paul said, what, know ye not that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. He comes in and cleanses the temple. Hallelujah. Then in verse 13 of our text, chapter 21 of Matthew, Verse 13, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And that's the one that I just quoted, but go on from there. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. You see, after the temple was cleansed, then the temple could be restored to its divine purpose. The purpose of this temple was that it should be a house of prayer. A place where God could be manifested. A place where people could receive healing. Where compassion could be shown. Where love could be manifested. Amen? He healed the blind and the lame and thus he exercised authority over disease. I think it's, that it's significant this morning that, that the Spirit should bring our service around to where the sick were brought forward and prayed for and anointed with oil. Now I want to tell you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as he healed the sick here, when, when, when the temple was cleansed, the manifestations of the Spirit came forth and healings took place. Well, I believe that when, when we have a cleansing of the house of God, we're going to see healings. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't believe you'll be able to stop them. Jesus came into the city in a manner in which he, 
He did it, and he was following the tradition of David and other kings. He came in on a lowly colt, not on a charger. Amen? Hallelujah. He deliberately accepted what the claims of the crowd were. Up to this time, he kind of shied away from, from uh, all public appearances uh, that where, where they would uh, try to uh, make him king and so forth. Now, the, they begin to cry out, Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Hosanna in the highest! And he didn't rebuke them, did he? Hallelujah. In verse 16 here he says, uh, they, they were complaining about it, they were indignant about it. Verse 15, verse 16, he says, Yes, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfect praise? Hallelujah. Over in Luke uh, chapter 19, verses 38 through 40, he says, if they didn't praise me, these rocks would immediately rise up and praise me. Because he had come to the hour in which he was to be glorified. He was going to become the king of Israel. And he accepted their applause and their recognition of his kin, uh, kingship. Christ's entry into the city was to reveal the nature of his kingship as well. By riding on this foal of an ass, he was following what Solomon had done under King David, right? You remember when Solomon, uh, his, uh, his brother was going to take the the king uh, was going to take the kingship, uh, Adonijah, I guess it was. Uh, he heard about it. Uh, Bathsheba heard about it. She went to David, and David sent out a, a little colt for, for Solomon to ride in on. But I believe that this riding in on a colt was significant in the fact that, that he came not to be uh, a tyrant, but he came as the Prince of Peace, lowly and riding upon an ass, the foal of an ass. Hallelujah. He came that men might discover both the way and the power of living according to the divine will of God. I don't believe that it's the divine will of God that there, we should uh, have pressure put upon us. I believe that we should we should uh, respond in love. We should be ruled by love, not by rules and regulations. Hallelujah. And so as king, he came to rule by love rather than by force. Jesus will never force you to love him. That's a choice that you must make day by day. 
you can't go by, well, what are, what are other people doing? It depends on what's in your heart. Do you love him? If you love me, then keep my commandments, he said. It's not a matter of, well, sister so-and-so, she doesn't keep that commandment. My husband, he doesn't accept the Lord. My wife, she doesn't live according to the things she ought to. You've got to, t you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to serve the Lord regardless. Hallelujah. Christ came as king not to take the lives of the uh, Israel's enemy, enemies, but he came to give his life. What a way to conquer. He didn't come to take lives, but came to give a life. I don't think it was an easy thing to, for him to do, even though he was the son of God. I think he knew that in Jerusalem they were going to, they were going to take him and they were going to beat him. They were going to spit on him. They were going to beat him with a cat of nine tails. They were going to take a crown of thorns and press it down around his ears, these long Judean thorns, and the blood would pour, and the, and the smarting, uh, you know how you, when you prick your finger with one thorn, and to have them pushed into your head. Then to have a robe thrown on you over the top of those, those, uh, uh, lashes that he'd taken on his back and the blood begins to congeal and then they rip it off again and it all starts over again. They lay him down. They stretch out his hand. They take a wooden mallet. They take a nail. They drive it through the wrist portion of his hand here, back here where the bones are. Then they cross his feet. And they drive a nail through his feet. And he's stretched out on that cross. I don't know whether you know how a person dies on a cross or not. But they don't die from bleeding to death. They don't die from the pain. In order to breathe, they must pull themselves upward. And every time he pulls himself upward, that back that is torn to shreds rubs up and down that rough lumber just to get a breath of air. I think he knew that these things were going to happen. And yet he went willingly. Because he knew that if he didn't go to that cross, you and I would be lost forever. 
there'd be no hope for any of us. It was love that held him on that cross. They spit in his face. He said, then they said, others he could save himself and could not save. And that's true. Because if he was to save himself, he'd be lost. The only way he could become king was through agony and death. Jesus spent time teaching his apostles. He taught them principles of the kingdom living. Chapter 5 of Matthew. Starting at verse 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. No man ever taught as this man. This was a revolutionary teaching. This was different from anything that had ever been taught. Most people would say if you want to take over the Roman Empire, you would do it by force. But that was not his way. He sought to reveal to them that his kingdom was based on love. That it was inward and spiritual. He told them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew four seventeen. Where's your hand? The heaven, the kingdom of heaven is right here. You don't have to go looking for it, it's right here. You don't have to send across the sea to get someone to come and preach it to you. It's right here. He said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Someone says to you that it's here or there. They don't know what they're talking about. You can't see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, he said, is within you. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. 
John 18:36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, I could, I could cry out now and my father would, would send uh, legions of angels to save me. He said, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. He knew that this here was a temporary life. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God. What a mighty King. Strange concepts indeed. His disciples didn't understand them. They wanted a nationalistic king who would lead them in a revolt against Rome. And Jesus offers himself to Israel as a king who would rule by the principles of love. But you know what? Israel rejected him. Turn with me to Luke 19. Luke 19, verse 41. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the thing that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the day will come upon when uh, your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. They will not leave you one stone upon another, because you did not know, and here it is, you did not know the time of your visitation. The king had come. He had come offering himself to them. And they didn't recognize him. People, Jesus is again offering himself to you this morning. This is your day of visitation. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on it. Have you made Jesus king of your heart? Have you given him control over your will? See, because where he rules is on the hearts of men today. Does he rule in your life? Or are you still struggling trying to rule your own life? That's what we're talking about. Don't miss your time of visitation. 
you want to know what real peace is and real power, then you need to know Jesus as King and as Lord. I'm going to ask that everyone pray. Just bow your heads in prayer. I kind of sense that there's some here this morning that's been struggling. Christ has been saying, I want to be Lord of your life. You're still trying to do your own thing. If you're that person, would you raise your hand and put it back down? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. You need to be sensitive. This is your day of visitation. You know, if you haven't given Jesus all of your heart, if he's not Lord of all your life, then he's really not Lord at all. He has to be king. A king is sovereign. And I want to tell you, every time you raise up and try to rule your own life, no matter how many times you come to the altar, you're going to run into trouble. No, long, no matter how long you've been a Christian, when you try to rule your own life, you'll make a mess of it. It needs to be complete surrender. Is there any others in here this morning? You've got areas in your life that you haven't surrendered to. Yes, I see that here. got to surrender everything. Now's the time to do it. Oh. Plus he plays the organ softly. I want you to just tell Jesus I surrender all. I surrender all. After all you've done for me, what you suffered for me, I really haven't suffered a thing. I don't even know what suffering means in comparison to what you did for me. And I want you to be Lord of my heart. I want you to be Lord of my life. I accept you as my king. That habit that I've had, that I've tried to overcome in my power, I give it to you this morning. That situation in my life that I've been trying to rule over, my marriage, my children, my schoolmates, even even my grades in school. I'm trying to do it under my own power, Lord. 
God, I just want you to take control of me. I give myself to you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You know that one I surrendered all? Just the force. I surrender all. All to be my blessed Savior. I surrender all. So we stand.